the sermons podcast for Ottawa Baptist Church. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. Morning. Greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's so good to be able to meet with you this way and to be able to share God's word and just to grow more in his knowledge and in his likeness. Today I'll be looking at the fruits of abiding in Christ and, and our response to a hurting world. And to do this, we're going to look at Psalms 91 from verses 1 to 6 and then 14 to 16. So let's start. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver me. He surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and butler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. And then in verse 14, God's response, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let's just commit this, to the, this reading to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to be able to come together, Lord, even though it might be virtually for some of us, but the principle of coming together and meeting in your name, and there you are in the midst, no matter how we do it. I thank you that you are meeting with us today, and I pray you bless your word and just Make us more into your likeness and teach us more about yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. The psalmist starts, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. And what I love about Scripture is how much punch each verse has. First of all, it starts with He. And considering yourself today, this psalm is not written to the church as a whole. It's written to one person, He or She. This is about you and me. Sure, corporate worship is really important. In fact, it's really important, especially in today's age, we do not forsake the seminating together of ourselves as a manner of summers, the scripture says, and especially as we see this, the day approaching with the soon return of our Lord. But as far as growing and closer and knowing the Lord, the psalmist starts, He who dwells. It's not about your parents if you're a child. It's not about your spouse if, you, if you're in a relationship. It's not about your grandparents or your history or your lineage. It's about you as an individual. You as an individual need to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And what about dwelling? Dwelling isn't just a 20 or 30 minute passing in a place. It's not quickly shooting into a takeaway, grabbing a hamburger and shooting off. Um, It's present continuous. Staying in a place. um, Engaging. Embedding. Being part of. He who dwells. My challenge for myself is, do I dwell with the Lord? Do I really rest in Him? And that's where my topic comes in about the fruits, because the fruits will declare. We often talk about judging others by their fruits, but I challenge you to judge yourself by your fruits. And I often challenge, judge myself by my fruits. What are the fruits of my life that let people around me, especially in this crazy time, see that I'm dwelling, that I'm truly dwelling with my Lord? Then it goes on, it says the secret place. And I found it interesting because we are taught, and it's correctly, that God is not willing that any should perish, that he's opening his, eye, his, light, he's opening his arms to everybody. And, and that is true. 
But the psalmist here refers to a secret place. What is a secret? A secret is not something that not everyone knows about. A secret is something which is maybe hard to crack. I love the theory behind codes and, 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 and passwords and things like that. Um, and there's a challenge in trying to break those things. But the Lord isn't about secrets. So what does the psalmist mean here when he talks about a secret? Well, when I think of a secret, I think of having to put effort into something, to make a concerted effort to be part, um, to seek out, to seek out understanding, um, to seek out knowledge. And so there's a place with the Lord, which is just your place. And in that sense, it is secret. It's got nothing to do with your partner, nothing to do with your children, nothing to do with your friends, nothing to do with anybody. It's just you and your Lord. Are you dwelling in that secret place with your God? But what's really great is not just any secret place. It's, 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 it's not a cafe. It's not, it's not any just average place. It's in the secret place of the Most High. Are we reminded whenever we pray, whenever we chat with our Lord, that this is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's no one higher than Him. And we're able to fellowship and commune with Him. And He wants us to have relationship with Him. And it says that if you do this, you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What's the shadow do? It protects us from rain, from storms. Um, protects us from extremes, actually. Extreme heat, extreme cold. Um, and we can know safety. And he says there, my God in him will I trust. And so the, the, the psalmist declares that he's dwelt in the presence of the, of the, of the, of the, dwells in the secret place of the Most High. He's known the protection of his God. And he declares that it's his God in whom he can trust. Is God, is the God of, of heaven and earth my God this morning? Do I indeed trust him? Because it says that, he goes on to say that he'll deliver us from the pestilence, which is an interesting, an interesting word given the time that we live in. He'll, he'll, um, he'll protect us from the arrows that fly by day, which is interesting when one considers Russia and the Ukraine. There's a lot of fear all around us on many things, but our God will protect us. Ah, but the skeptic might say, what about the believers that do die? We know they are believers that have died of COVID. We know there'll be believers that will be killed in a war between Russia and, and Ukraine if it breaks out. So how does that fit in? Well, the point is, you're looking at the here and now. As far as God's concerned, he looks at the big picture. And anyone who's in Christ is delivered. Might not be delivered as the way we see now, but they have a total hope. What do we know about Paul? Paul said he looks up to the prize of the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He was having a hard time. He was beaten. He was left for shipwreck. Life wasn't easy, but yet he had a joy and a peace that passed all understanding. My question, the main fruit about abiding in Christ for me is what peace do I have in my life? What is the peace that I have in my life? God looks at the big picture. He doesn't see things the way that we see them. He's got our eternal purpose and well-being at, at heart. So yes, Bad things do happen to Christians. Bad things happen to believers that, that know and love the Lord. That said, I've never met a believer who's ever complained about the bad things that God has taken through. I remember a man, uh, his name was Tony. He had, he had broken his back and he, was, he had lost his legs because he the paralysis and the bed, being paralyzed and the bed sores. He got gangrene in his legs. And the gang, gangrene eventually ate up, ate up to his knees and eventually right up into his buttocks and eventually into his vital organs and he died. But I remember seeing him in hospital and he never complained once. All he would say to us is, soon I'll have new legs and glory. That was his hope and his trust in the Lord. Um, now I don't want 
I don't want anyone to be beaten up or, or feel like they don't make the mark. There's no mark as far as serving God goes. God accepts us as we are. And if you're worried about that, look at the thief on the cross. He had, he had no aspirations to greatness and he couldn't be great because he was, he was dying in his trespasses and sins. Um, he couldn't recover from where he was at other than call on the Lord. And God said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Um, you think of um, many people who floundered and doubted in the past. Peter, walking, he calls to the Lord. He says, Lord, if it's you, let me come walk on the water. What does that statement say? Peter wasn't even sure it was Jesus. He said, if it's you. It wasn't like, oh, there's my God. He can help me. If it's you. He wasn't even sure Jesus was real at that point. But yet he calls out. There were others that said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Wherever you find yourself at, God can meet you. But what I really would want us all to do at this time is to look at the pressures that we are under and how we're reacting to them and say, are they bringing forth the fruits that speak of a person who's trusting and resting in God? And, and why is that of concern to me? Well, as I, as I said before, is it ref, the, my reaction to these things reflect um, my relationship with the Lord. And I want it to be a good relationship. But even more than that, the way our, the, my relationship with the Lord reflects to the world what I think of the Lord. And if I'm full of angst, angst and if I'm full of anger and bitterness, and we've got to be so careful nowadays of anger and bitterness, if I'm full of all those things, how's the world going to see the light that's shining through me? The comment I had here is that if I can't navigate our world with Christ, how do I expect, those, how do I expect to help those in the world to do so? If we go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, this is a well-known, well-known one, well-known verse here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, it says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the, underfoot by men. And I sort of wonder how many men are actually tempted me trampling under the word of God or trampling over God because maybe me in my workplace am not as salty as I, I should be. And it goes on there, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is hid on a hill cannot be hid. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In the week that's gone, think back and, and think, what are the things that have been concerning you? How have you reacted to them? If you were in a group of people and something and a, and a particular political topic is mentioned or a particular statement is made, would that person look at you and, based on your reaction and say, there's someone who has peace. There's someone who has something that I want. Or will they get fired up with you? And go away frustrated and angry because their needs have not been met. This is something that's been challenged. It's been a challenge to me, and I've been working through through this as well. I want, when I respond to things, I want to respond to them in love. I want to be able to reflect Christ as He did on the world. He never incited anger. People might have got angry at Him, but He never incited anybody. But how do I do that? Going back to the beginning, I need to abide in the Lord. How much time am I spending on my hobbies? How much time am I spending following the influences in my life? How, many how, often, how much time am I spending drawing um, from the opinions of, of men? Be they good men, I'm not talking about 
craziness. I'm talking about even good men, real scientific articles, whatever it is. But how much time am I spending in comparison to that, drawing from the Lord, waiting on Him, reading the Word? I'm convinced if there's ever a time, if there's ever a time in history, it is now. We need the Word of God. We need to be based on the Word of God, not on opinion, not, on, not in camps, but on the Word of God for the purpose of reaching the lost. It was said last week, and I totally concur, I believe the Lord is coming really soon. Yes, He's been saying it for a long time. Like they said to Noah, Noah, you've been telling us for a long time it's going to rain. How long did he build the ark? Uh, 100 years, 120 years? Now I've forgotten the exact time, but 100 to 120 years he built that ark. And it was never going to happen because no one saw the rain. It was never going to happen. But one day God shut the door of the ark. The Lord is coming soon and I need to be ready for him. And how will I be ready? Well, if I'm abiding in his presence. As we close, I'd like you to listen to this, this, one, this hymn that I found very, a, a great blessing. It's... It's a well-known hymn, but it's maybe a more modern rendering. It's, Be Still My Soul. And the question I had here, I said, as we listen on to this, um, let's listen to this, asking ourselves, how rested are we in Christ? And whether or not the world is truly seeing Christ through us as they see our response to what's happening in the world. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to join us this morning. It's, it's really a, a blessing when believers come together to fellowship. Yes, not ideal situations, but still God knows our hearts and our intentions. And he's met with us wherever we find ourselves. Now, some, of the, some might have feel that the message I shared was a bit condemning, but it wasn't meant to be. It was, yes, it was meant to be challenging. The word says, let's provoke each other to love and good works. And, and I provoke myself. This is not pointing fingers at anybody. But what I do want to leave you with is that God doesn't look for a level of perfection. He just looks for you to be willing to come to him. And so wherever you find yourself, just Call on Him. Um, if you've been serving God for a long time and feel maybe you've been overcome over the last while, confess it to Him. He's faithful and just, and, and He will restore you, and He will revitalize you and, and strengthen you again. If you don't know the Lord, same thing, thief on the cross did not know Jesus. Call, and He will reveal Himself to you. If, you. if you don't know the Lord at all and you're feeling a bit lost, there are people, I'm sure there are people you know, if you're listening to this message, who can direct you, put you in the right direction. The most important thing today is that God is first in our lives, that He's our all in all, because indeed we will then know no fear and we'll have that hope which transcends the situations we find ourselves in today. Amen. Thanks for checking out our sermons podcast today. For more information on Ottawa Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ottawabaptist.com.